been falling all my life and people wonder why I'm down to earth. This is Adversity University. If you wait for somebody to feel sorry for you, then you fell already. Success is best of those who've been grounded first. Cause ain't nobody gonna feel sorry for you. Now what are you willing to do? The only thing that separates a winner from a loser is perseverance. And this is Adversity University. Welcome to Adversity University. It's your boy Cody. And this is a Real Talk podcast where we having real conversation Real stories about overcoming adversity and turning adversity into achievement. You know, today we'll be talking about, you know what I'm saying, determination. It's one of the most important traits that somebody can have as far as determination. Like you have to be determined to get to the next step. And when when life hits you, when they come at you, you know, I like to say expect the unexpected, but how can you really expect the unexpected? Because sometimes when that unexpected occurs, it's usually in the form of adversity, and everybody ain't built to deal with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, life is real, and we all go through it. Everybody got a story. No one man or woman story is greater than the next man, but it's really about how that person deal with it and how you overcome that situation, or can you come with it? Oh, excuse me. Can you overcome it? Can you cope with that situation? It's a lot of techniques. Me, I mean, this is what I do for a living, but I've dealt with the struggle for quite some time. It's the purpose that, you know, it's the reason that we own this podcast right now. As far as Adversity University, we all heard of School of the Hard Knocks. Adversity University is a step higher. You know, life is about overcoming adversity. Life is about taking adversity and turning it into achievement. And if you struggle with that, this is the podcast for you. So let's get into it, you know, like I say. Determination. I got a story I want to kind of share with y'all just to kind of let y'all know, um, you know, it's real out here for you, me, and everybody else. But we'll get through it together. It's a journey. Let's walk together. Like I say, if you're perfect, this ain't the podcast for you. You know what I'm saying? But if you're human, then you might want to stay tuned. All episodes, you know, this is, I'm going to take you on the emotional roller coaster. You know, some going to be very, you know, emotional. Some going to be very entertaining. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, the idea is to take what we're talking about in these conversations and these stories and apply it to your life. And hopefully you'll have a better understanding and a better viewpoint, you know, to be able to deal with whatever situations that you're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? To get you through whatever that you're dealing with. But let me get into the story. You know, uh, it was about May in 2010. I decided I wanted to throw my my then girlfriend a surprise birthday party. Now, it was a, you know, it was a dope idea. You know what I'm saying? I called everybody, her cousins, her you know, her family, her friends, her line sisters, everybody was like, hey, look, you know, hey, I want you to come down. I'm throwing Trin a birthday party, a surprise birthday party. I would really love it if you come. She'll enjoy it. We're going to have a good time. You know, to my surprise, everybody that I called was, like, very interested. Yeah, I'm going to fly in. They was flying in. It wasn't like no local. You know, we live in Atlanta. She's from Chicago. I'm from Miami. You know, and everybody that I, you know, that I called, you know, they was with it. 
You know, for one, that shows you the type of impact she have on her friends and her family. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was willing to fly in town for a surprise birthday party, right? Now, this wasn't no special, like, year. It was like, a, I think she was turning 26. Like, it was an odd year. It was an odd number. But, um, you know, I wanted to throw this surprise birthday party. Uh, you know, like I said, it was in May of 2010. I remember uh, in doing it, you know, I told her family. Now, let me go and break the ice while I'm telling this story. This surprise birthday party was actually going to be a surprise engagement party. So I had did my due diligence, you know what I mean, in regards to reaching out to her, her dad and her mom. You know, I had the conversation, you know, especially with Pop. You know, I told Big O, you know, I asked him, you know. Well, I ain't, you know, I, I told him. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I ain't tell him nothing. But, you know, I just let him know how I felt about his daughter and that I wanted her to be my wife. He gave me his blessings. And that's all I needed, you know. I took it upon myself. I, I did a, a day trip. You know, I flew out of town to go get a ring. I don't know why, you know, you're young, dumb. Well, I ain't going to say you're young, dumb. But, you know, you're making money. You just want to do things. I could have bought a ring locally, but I decided I wanted to take a flight and go get the ring and come back and, you know, have something going on. Now, all the time, she have no clue of what's going on. I told her that I want to take her on a, um, you know, just on a little special weekend. So we went, uh, I can't think of the name. Long story short, you know, we went horseback riding, you know, massages, you know, all this good stuff. Um, You know, and when we did the horseback riding, when we stopped, we actually came to a point where they had it all set up nice. They had a little picnic table, excuse me, blanket. It wasn't a table, it was a blanket. They had wine, champagne, chocolate-covered strawberries. They had, um, what, what, you know, just food sandwiches, little snacks. It was real dope. It was real dope. Now, we just had a good time. I could see in her eyes that she felt like something was going to happen, but nothing happened. So I could kind of see in her eyes that she was a little bit disappointed. But, you know, once we, after we had a good time, we talked, you know what I mean? We kicked it. We laughed. We had a real good time. And we went back to our room. And we went back at, to our room that day. I don't know if it was that day or the next day, but what, what, whatever it was, we ended up, you know, driving back to Atlanta. It was in, you know, where we was was, in Georgia, probably about an hour away from uh, Atlanta. So we, you know, went back. I told her we go go to this special dinner. Actually, it was it wasn't that day. I think it was the next day. Anyway, we woke up. I told her we was gonna go to this, you know, a, a special dinner. She needed to get dolled up. So you know, we um, you know, called on a friend. You know, did her makeup. I mean, off the chain makeup. Shout out to Alex too. You know, she did a a a, a hell of a job. Um, you know, did her makeup. And uh, when she did her makeup, you know, now by this time, not only did I call her family, I called my family. You know, so, you know, I called my sister, you know, my mom. So, you know, those were the most important people to me. So, you know, we had to make sure that it was there. So my grandma couldn't make it, but my grandma made this cake. And she made the cake. She made a homemade cake with homemade icing 
and she had a, a little slit in the top of the cake that I could put the ring in. So when, you know, you sing happy birthday, uh, you know, she blow out the candle, the ring will be right there so that, you know, she'll see it. I propose, all that. Okay, so, you know, while we drove back and go home, you know, women, you know what I'm saying? And then when I ain't, I ain't talk about my, she was my girlfriend at the time. I ain't talk about her. I'm talking about my mama. She late. So now she late. Now everybody by this time, they flew in town. You know, I had, you know, rented out a venue. Everybody is uh, posted up. They waiting. We're supposed to be there at a certain time. But now since my mom, she's driving from Miami to Atlanta. She ain't make it there yet. So I have to go home and fake like I'm sleepy. So I said, man, you know, I'm real tired. Like, let's take a nap <laughs> before we go to the event. So all the while, you know, my mom, she she texts me, you know, that she 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 an hour away. She 30 minutes away. She, she right around the corner, you know. So she finally make it to my house. And she parked in the back of my house. And I sneak in the house. She get dressed. Um... So, you know, I go out there and I kiss her, love her, talk trash to her, and she head on to the party. Once she left, that's when I decided to get up. Hey, you know, let's go ahead and go. It's about that time. So we got dressed. We got, you know, went to go. Uh, Now, remember, this is May 2010. We get to the venue. We walk in. You know, she see everybody. Immediately, she just busts out crying. Everybody surprised. She just busts out crying. So it was cool. It was a real good feeling. It was a real, real good feeling. Um, you know, she mingled. Her grandma was there, dad, mom, all my friends, all my family, all her friends, all her family, her line sisters. Uh, it was a real good night. And by the time we sung, you know, happy birthday, you know, uh, you know, my sister Tron, she she uh she brought the um, the cake down. And when she brought the cake down, you know. She made a wish. My mom was there telling her, hey, you know, make a wish. She blew out the candle, didn't see the ring at all. <laughs> so my mom kept saying, make a wish. So Trent looking at my mom like, I did make a wish. So then she finally seen the ring. So, you know, I proposed. Um, you know, it was it was off the chain. We had a real good time. Fast forward to the next day. You know, again, my mom, she a driver. She going to drive everywhere. You know what I mean? Flying, she, that just, she just, she, if it's drivable, she going to drive. You know what I'm saying? Unless she's trying to go to California somewhere, she ain't going to do that. But if it, if it's 10 hours or less, oh, she in that car. So um, we get to the point where, you know, it's time to go. So she wake up that morning. She has something to do with my sister Deja. She has something to do early. So she get up real early while everybody sleep to get in her car, go back to Miami. So she gone. You know, I get a phone call from Deja. You know, Cody, we we just got in an accident. I'm like, you just got in an accident? I said, well, you know, where mama at? She get on the phone. Yeah, we just got in an accident, but I'm trying to find another car. Uh, I call you back. So she done hung up on me. I call her back like, where are you? She told me what exit she was at. I hop in the car. I train, let's go. You know, my mom got in a car accident. Let's go. So we fly down. She about an hour away. Now this is not, you know, 
The topic is determination. I'm going to tell you about this woman. Now, she determined to do what she want to do. So instead of waiting for me, she done figured out, she done found some place to get a rental car <laughs> after she wrecked her car. She found some place to get a rental car and hopped right back on the road. So by the time I made it to the exit, she ain't, she wasn't even done no more. So I called like, where you at? She said, we, you know, we jumped, we jumped back on the road. We good. I love you. I'll talk to you later. So I'm like, this lady here crazy. Now I got to drive way back a whole nother hour to Atlanta. I ain't even get to rescue her like I really wanted to. So that was that situation. And that was in May. Let's fast forward to, that was May 2010. Let's fast forward to June 2010. One month later. So now it was a good time. I had a good time with my mama. You know, good time with my sister. Good time with my fiance at this point. So we're happy. I'm about to get married to this woman, to this beautiful, beautiful woman. I'm about to get married. I'm happy. I'm good. Uh, we had a family reunion to attend. This is June 2010. One month. One month after I got engaged. June 2010. I want to say it was June 25th. 2010. And I'm explaining to you in a minute why. I, I, now, if you know me, you know my memory. It ain't worth a damn. But I remember these dates and I'm explain why. June 25th, 2010, we drove down, and th- at this point, we had uh, a family reunion. It was in Alabama. I forget exactly where, but I had a cousin that was in the military, and he rented out this this cabin. It was like, you know, a whole bunch of cabins, and it was pretty cool. And I had never stayed in cabins, and that was the first for me. And it was cool. It was a nice, cool vibe. Family came from Florida. Um, all my family came from Florida. We was in, in Alabama, kicking it in the woods and cabins, <laughs> country as hell, but I enjoyed it. You know, spent time with my family. We ate good. We talked trash. We drunk good. Um, at that time, though, see, my mom, her birthday is June 18th. So at that time, she was on a cruise for her birthday. So she said, you know, as soon as she got off on the cruise, she was going to drive from Miami up to Alabama to the actual family reunion. So I think she got off the cruise that day. No, no, no. She got off the cruise that next day, June 26th. She was driving up that morning. So that night on June 25th, we had a good time. Everybody, you know, drinking. You know, we woke up, ate good. And she, you know, she still hadn't, you know, made it on the road. No, she was actually on the road. She hadn't made it up to us. I think it was like a 10, 12-hour ride. Uh, She was trying to get to us. So she was riding. I was calling. She was riding. I was calling. Where you at? Where you at? Last time I talked to her, she she was like, uh, I think she said she had like five more hours to go Um, or whatever. So that'll put her at. You know, whatever time, but it was a good, decent time that she was gonna get there, cause it was about, it was morning when I when I spoke to her, so it was you know, it was a good, decent time that she was gonna get there, and that was the last time I talked to her. You know, I was like, you know, hurry up, you know, come on. She, you know, I told I love her. She told me she loved me. 
we ate, I think it was around breakfast time, all of our family, you know, was in this big cabin and everybody cooked and ate good and it was time to take a nap. So right then I had deja vu. I took a nap. I woke up to my phone ringing. And when I woke up to my phone ringing, it was Deja again. Cody, we've we, we been in an accident. We in an accident. We got in an accident. This time she crying. I'm like, okay, what do you mean you, you was in an accident? Where your mama? Where mama? And when I asked her what mama was, she didn't say nothing. Then her daddy got on the phone. And when he got on the phone, his voice was trembling. I immediately knew something was wrong. At that point, I didn't know what to think. It was deja vu. But I'm thinking about mama like, you know, it's her. She got an accident. She going to be all right. But he's trembling. He can't really explain nothing clear. He's holding back information, and I know that. I feel that in my bones. So immediately, me, Trent, Tron, we get in the car. We're in two separate cars. We five hours away. It's like, hey, Cody. I'm like, where y'all at? We in Gainesville. We in Gainesville. Now, this is Gainesville, Florida. Now, a little backstory about Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville, Florida was actually the place that my mama sent me to when I was young to try to get, to try to get me, give me a better life. Now, granted, I didn't understand what was going on at that time. It was a situation where I was pretty much on my own. But this is a city, an unfamiliar city that I'm living in, and I'm feeling for myself. But anyway, she had been in a car accident in the exact city that she sent me to to better myself. So the hospital that they, that, that, that they was going to was Shan's Hospital in Gainesville, Florida. So we hauling ass trying to get there. We gone. We like, we, you know, we doing 100 the whole way down. We finally get there. When we parked, we was walking into the uh, ho- excuse me, the hospital, and I see, you know, my sister's dad pushing her in a wheelchair, <sighs> pushing her to pushing her in a wheelchair to us. She's crying, he's crying, but the look that I seen on their face, it wasn't no normal cry. Where's my mama? I'm, I'm looking him in his face, ask, where's my mama? And he broke down crying like a little boy. At that point, I knew something wasn't right. So he, you know, proceeds to tell me what had happened. She was in a car accident. She had lacerations to her face. She got cuts on the arm. This is how he's explaining this. So I breaks down hysterical. I'm going crazy. I'm about to tear the whole hospital up at that point. Because in my mind, my beautiful mother had been in a car accident and she 
got scars on her face. So now she going to be around here with all these scars on her face, you know what I'm saying, looking a certain way. That You know, that's the honest, <laughs> the God truth of what was in my mind at that point and that she was hurt. Now, anybody that know me and my family, I don't play about them. When they hurt, I hurt. So I never want them to hurt. At minimum, I thought that she was just hurt bad. So when we, we get up to the to hospital room and we get to speaking to the doctors and the nurses and, you know, everybody. And that's when it got real. At that point, they wasn't holding back no information from me. They told me what was happening. She had been in an accident. She has a scar on her head and swelling in her brain. Now, it was hard to hear, let alone <laughs> hard. Not, not to mention, it was hard to see. When I walked into that hospital room and see my mom on that bed, laying connected to machines. And when I looked at her, me and my sister walked into that hospital room, a tear rolled down the side of her face. You know, she saw us. She was happy we was there. But she knew it wasn't good. She couldn't say nothing to us. She was just in pain. Now, I'm looking at this situation. We exit. You know, it comes a you know point in time where, you know, the night hit. Somebody needs to lay with her. You know, it was a question of whether it was going to be my sister or me. I said, okay, no, nah, I'll do it. You know, I, I, I can deal with it. So, the whole time she had been fighting, like just fighting. Her body was like trembling and shaking and she was fighting the whole time that I was in the room. She was fighting. She was trying to make it. This was June 26th. It's when she got in that car accident. For two more days, she was, she was, she, she was in there connected to that those machines and laying in that bed. That night on June 26th is when I actually, you know, saw my mom stop fighting. Not that she wanted to stop fighting. She couldn't fight no more. That was on June 27th. And on June 28th, she was pronounced dead. So now, I actually witnessed my beautiful mother pass away. Stop fire. Now, at this point, this is the worst thing I ever could have dealt with. I'm in a hospital. I'm dealing with this. The whole time, this is on my mind. On June 27th, it's, it's on my mind. I seen the stop fight. At that point, I lost my mind, but never showed it. 
And the pain that I dealt with at that point is undescribable. Like I, I don't, I don't, you can't describe that type of pain. And when that doctor told us that it was nothing else that can be done, it was over with for me. Like I was done mentally. I checked out. I wasn't there no more. You couldn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see no. I didn't see no future. I didn't see nothing. My whole world was gone. Just like that. Gone. I started thinking all kind of crazy. You know, I didn't want to be here no more. I remember we was on the hospital. The thought, we was on the hospital balcony, and the thought of me just jumping off the damn balcony, it came across my head. I mean, I got enough sense not to do it, but it, I thought about it. So, that right there, at that moment, I lost my mind. I played cool. Anybody really see it? But I lost my mind. I immediately fell into a deep depression. You know, it was a lot of people that around me that supported me. It was a lot of people around me that didn't support me. That was the hardest part. The people that you cared about the most, they wasn't really there for you. But people that you just met and, you know, you didn't know for as long as you knew the people that you was really depending on, they, like they was there for you 100%. You know, that took a toll on me. So at that point, it was just like really like just F the world. I, ain't, I, I didn't care about nothing or nobody. Like, you know, I just got engaged to this beautiful woman. I ain't want to get married no more. Like, you know, I had just bought a house. I didn't, I didn't care nothing about that. Like, I didn't want to live. You know what I'm saying? I, I just didn't care. I checked out. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, who are you helping by feeling like this? And the question was, nobody. See, what I understood was, I have a lot of people depending on me. You know, it's a gift and a curse at times. Well, I would never say it's a, it's a curse because it's actually a gift because this is the thing. Me loving my people, it helped me get out of that space because at the same time, I didn't have time to feel sorry for myself. Yeah, I fell into this deep depression. I mean, I, I'm, I, man, I couldn't get out of the bed. You know, I had a business, you know, that I was running. But I couldn't run it. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't cope through the day. All the things that I was normally doing and used to doing, I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't do it. You know, everybody know me. I'm a music guy. I couldn't record. I couldn't write nothing. It's like I was gone. Like, I wasn't existing no more, man. I was just, I was just, I, excuse me, I wasn't living. I was just existing. I was just there. But boy, 
You know, when they say, you know, a man who find a wife find a good thing, man. Like, listen, I got a strong, 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 strong woman that was there for me unconditionally. You know? And that was a real trying time. Like, if I was just existing, I didn't care about myself at that time. How can I care about anybody else? But the fact that I did care about somebody else, which was her, is what helped me get through. And I know that I have people depending on me that, hey, look, man, you got to shake it off. You got to get out this funk. So I remember one time I went to church. And I mean, I, I was never huge on church, but I, I you know, I needed, I needed something. I was just existing. I needed something. And this one time I went to church, every piece of anger that I had, every piece of self-doubt, every piece of, you know, depressed moves and all of that, it was released. Now, I'm not one to preach to you. I'm not one to, you know, I'm, listen, I don't know what it was, but when I walked into this church, nobody said nothing. We actually walked in on a, you know, it was praise and worship time, but at that point, I was so angry and bitter, and I wanted to hurt people and myself, and I, it was over with. But it was released at that moment. Man, I, I bust out crying, didn't know why. You know, I immediately forgave everybody that I was angry with, angry with. I sent messages, I called them, I talked to them, I forgave them. Because holding on that burden, it didn't get me nowhere. And when I forgave everybody, a burden was lift, lifted off of my shoulders so much that I was able to maneuver. But I was determined to be the person that I told my mama that I was going to be. I was determined to be the person that she wanted me to be. When she sent me away, when she took that little boy out of Miami and sent him to Gainesville to better his life, to get better no matter how hard it was for her and how hard it was going to be for me, I needed a change of scenery. When I felt when 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 I got grown and I realized that it was nothing that I would do that would let her down. I had plenty of conversations with her. It was a lot of things in my past that I just I was angry and bitter with her about. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we fell out plenty of times. The relationship was very rocky until I was mature enough to understand. I was a boy trying to be turned into a man and it wasn't happening. So something got to give. So my determination was to make something of myself because I realized, listen, the sacrifices that she made, the things that she been through, oh, it wasn't in vain. So this is what I'm going to do. On top of that, I got this strong, strong black woman on my side that I decided I wanted to make my wife. I, I wanted to make her my wife. How can I let her down? She, she ain't signed up for this. She ain't signed up for that. So the deciding factor for me to be a better person 
and to get out of this funk, get out of this depression. It was the fact that I needed to live, baby. I got people depending on me. How can I let them down? They invested in me. I got to get them their ROI back. They need the, the return on their investment. They invested in me, and I got to make sure that they get their return back. And if I do anything other than that, then I'm less of a man. That's my vision. Now, that might not be the case for you, but that was the case for me. So everything that I did, every day that I woke up from that point, it was to be something great. What are you going to do today? Who are you going to help today? You know what I'm saying? And in helping people, I actually help myself get out that phone. People always ask me all the time, man, look, why are you so passionate about what you do? I'm passionate about what I do because I know that everybody is not on the up and up. On the outside looking in, you might look perfect, but you got so many people in this world that are broken. I talk to people every single day. I work with people every single day. And you would be surprised from millionaires to, you know, just, you know, successful entrepreneurs to, you know, working class citizens to, you know, low income. The outer appearance is great. But you have people that have broken souls, man. Everybody needs to be uplifted. And everybody don't know how to turn, take adversity and turn that to achievement. You know, everybody don't know how to overcome adversity. A lot of people, they get stuck and they don't know what to do. And they're fearful. They're scared to ask for help. They're scared to ask for guidance. Well, with me, you ain't got to ask for it. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you, man. That's the purpose of this, man. We're going to have these real talk conversations, these real stories because we all been through it. I just hope that I, you can take what I'm giving you and what's being put out and relate it to yourself and see it through. Get through that, you know, overcome the adversity. Get through it, man. Create a destination for yourself and aim for it and know that you can actually get there. You know, that was the hardest part of my life and still is. It hurts me to my core to know that my baby girls, Tristan and Taylor, never met their grandmother. Never. They'll, they'll always know about her. They know what she looked like because the pictures in their room. But they never met their grandmother. My mama never saw a grandchild. That hurt me to my core. But see, the thing that I had to come to realize was this, man, like, it's really the circle of life. Although it was unexpected, she was perfectly happy. My mama died at 49 years old. She was perfectly healthy. She was happy. She was enjoying life. She had just got to the point where she wanted to be and was snatched away from me. And for a long time, I was selfishly upset, hurt, and couldn't get over that. But we got to understand, man, like, it's two things that's for sure in life. You go be born and you're going to die. How it happened, that ain't, that, that ain't our control. We ain't going to always be ready for it. But at the same time, we got to know that it does happen and that ain't the end all be all. You got to live like somebody wanted you to live. You just can't sit there and feel sorry for yourself. Get out of that phone. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. 
Cause when you're feeling sorry for yourself, you 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 it's it's a disservice for those who care about you and those who actually want to see you win. So so what? So what? Somebody passed away. You know what I'm saying? If you pass away today, are you gonna want your kids or or somebody that that cares about you to just give up on life? No, you gonna want them to live, and you gonna want them to live their best life, and that's what it's about. You have to do that. You gotta overcome all that stuff. You gotta overcome it. Learn to cope with it. Ask for help. Seek help. Period, man. Talk to somebody. You know what I mean? It's not always good to talk to somebody that ain't been through it. Talk to somebody that have been through it. Because they can validate what they're talking about. It's one thing to look at a movie and read a book and tell you how to control your problems. It's another thing to go through the actual experience then tell you how to control your problems. You know why? That person that actually experienced that issue, they can tell me better because they lived through it. If you ain't lived through it, you can't tell nobody how to overcome no adversity. If you ain't lived through the struggle, you can't tell nobody how to deal with the struggle. You can't tell nobody how to deal with the struggle. Shit. I mean, that's real. I'm from Miami. I'm from Goose. I made it out. And I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself. And you got to be proud of yourself too. It's whatever, man. Like, whatever you want to do, you can do it. Believe that. But you have to be determined to get out of the negative space that you in. Whenever that space get real cloudy and muddy, get to doing the thing that you love doing the most. Whatever that is, get to doing it. Don't give up. Get your ass out of that bed. Don't just sit there and lay down and go to sleep because you can't think clear. Get up and do what you're used to doing. You might not be productive that day, but get your ass out of that bed. That ain't going to help you. So, what did I learn from that? I learned that life happens. Life happens. And adversity is expected. You know, you take that negative and you turn it into a positive. So anybody, if I see a small portion of somebody dealing with something, I have to talk to that person. I have to talk to that person because I know that a compliment is sometimes... You know, it's sometimes in some cases, you just never know, man. It's a matter of life or death. Literally. Literally. You never know what a compliment would do to somebody if they're going through it. Mentally, all it takes is a compliment and a smile to somebody. You walk around here, you mad at everybody, you going off on everybody because they might be looking a certain way or you felt like they was rude to you, but why are they rude to you? You don't understand that. You don't know why. You don't. You know why you don't know why? Because you never had a conversation with that person. Have a conversation with that person. See what that person is going through. And you might can help that person. No, you can help that person simply by giving them a compliment. That's how I turned my adversity into achievement. Because the minute... I got off of, I got out, I got out of my little my off my little soapbox and I, I realized, okay, look, man, it's life. Like people are going through stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know that, bro. Like you went to school for this. You understand <laughs> the whole psychology of this, man. The mental. You understand that, bro. So don't judge nobody. Help these people. And in helping these people, it helps me. And that's how I can get through my day. That's how I can progress and 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 
and make moves and do the things that I do because I'm genuine about what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. This is me. It ain't no front. What I'm fronting for? I ain't got nothing to prove to you or nobody else. I got something to prove to me and I got to live the way that my mom wanted me to live, period. So, you know, that's how I turn adversity into achievement and that's how I constantly turn it turn adversity into achievement. This podcast is how I turn adversity into achievement. Do something productive that's going to help you and help others. And that's how you can turn adversity into achievement. It's your boy, Cody. Cody Motivation. Hit me on all social media, man. Remember, knowledge is power, but sharing knowledge is more power and powerful. And per- perseverance is the key to overcoming all adversity. So never give up. No matter what life throws at you, keep your fo- foot moving. Focus on the solution. And let success be your goal. I told you I wasn't going to edit it. I'm out of here. Yes, sir. The perseverance of me, adversity, then success is right around the corner. You just got to be willing to keep going. This is adversity university. What's your plan? You going to keep your feet planted or you going to keep your feet moving? And success is the next step. Now what you going to do? Adversity university. <laughs>